Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Y'all know what time it is, the fucking illogic crew. Get on our tip. Here we go, showtime. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Illogic Podcast. It's me, and your boy Styles. We got Esquire, we got Puerto Rico, and we got a special guest, man. You know, one of our biggest guests yet. Yeah, I'm very excited for this guy. Yeah, me too, me too. So you know, you may you may have heard of him. I'm sure you have. You know, he comes from Jenny Jones. Now you can listen to him on Sirius XM Shade 45. We got Rude Jude on the the show right now. So Jude, welcome to the Illogic Podcast. How you doing today? Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, let, first, let me just talk about how how you. I, I appreciate you taking some time out to come on the podcast. You know, initially I hit you up on on Snapchat. I don't know if you remember this. Like, <laughs> had to be like May last year, and I hit you, and you got back to me ASAP. So I I appreciate you being a stand up dude and you know being a man of your word. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, like I try to be. Uh, Snapchat's weird, man. They, that's why I got off of Snapchat. I, I kept missing messages, and then people was like, oh, he's on his own dick. <laughs> I, just, I just got off of that shit. Hey, thank you for calling me a gentleman. I appreciate that. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, so, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the new book, uh, Hummingbird. Uh, first off, you know, uh, you, know you want to just dive into the book a little bit for the people? Well, basically, I try to write some. Uh, I, like, I'm going to... I know my audience pretty well. It's uh, it's half working class, and the other the other is half working class, and half like office people and bankers and shit. And I wanted to write a book that both groups of people would read. And unfortunately, like a lot of cats, just don't read books that much. So I I, I wanted to I wanted to write a book for them. And I and I knew the bankers and everybody else would jump on board because they already fuck with me. So I just wrote I wrote about coming up in Michigan and trying to get it in Los Angeles and heartbreak and drug addiction and being a deadbeat dad. Just shit shit people could relate to, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, rude. This is uh, Puerto Rico. Um, I'm fascinated about your story because I heard your interview that you did on Howard Stern when you were promoting your first book, The Hyena. And then, so that got me to go ahead and pick that book up. And it just fascinates me how you came from, basically you took talking shit into a full-time career (laughs) and that actually fascinates me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a dope ass freaking story. And uh, so how you take that from your, this is your second book now that you're publishing that you just released and you just telling real stories about your life. Um, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a it's a powerful thing too because I think uh, there's people out there that can, that are hearing your message and they can relate to it, man. Yeah, I feel like there's a they're under they're underrepresented in America. There's a bunch of them, but like ain't nobody talking for them. So I I'm just telling my story, and a lot of times it's parallel with what they've been through and what they're going through. Uh, and th- that's the response I'm getting when I'm doing these signings. It's funny. It's like everybody, like all, like half the cats that I, that I, I'm around now. It's like it's the shit that got them in trouble in school. It's the shit that's getting them paid now. You know, it's like they're, they're able to get paid off of being their true self. 
And like my true self is like, look, man, I'm good at talking shit. I'm quick off the top of my head. Um, I, I see things differently mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to speak my opinion. And I was, you mix that with a little bit of luck and some, some balls and you go out there and try to go get it. And I was, I was, uh, fortunate enough to make a career off of this shit. And, and, and bang quite a few chicks on the way. right? <laughs> yeah. Look, bro, I, was, I was getting pussy before that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Jude. Hey, who do you like? So when you when you mess with these chicks, who you prefer? The chicks off of like Tinder, the chicks at the bar. I know you retired from Snapchat. I know you. I know you pulled Claire. You pulled Claire on Snapchat. I did. I pulled. I, I read a story called Sadie Hawkins about a young woman named Claire that I pulled off of Snapchat. I'm I'm still cool with to this day. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually trying to get her to finish her book. They, they're writing it. Her and her, her and her roommate, Larissa, are writing a book, and it's going to be very good. Um, I, I do, I'd probably do the best off of Instagram. That's what I'm on the most. So IG, IG I do the best with. I'm, I'm, I'm off for all of the dating sites. I'm kind of over that shit. How hard, uh, how hard is it for you to, how hard was it for you to write a book? Uh, it was Two books. extremely hard. It was, it, was, it, was, it was one of the most difficult things I've done. What's that process it's like? One of the things I'm the most proud of that I have done. Like, writing a book ain't easy. Um, the dedication it takes to sit down and write. Uh, you, I worked it like a job. I'd, I'd make myself write every morning, Monday through Friday. And then anything else was a bonus. Uh, and then selling the book is just as hard. You know, no, no one wants. It's not like I'm selling dope. That that sells itself. <laughs> it's like selling a book. No one wants a fucking book. And, and you know, some of these motherfuckers out here, I ain't gonna read shit, <laughs> right? No, well, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. So, but when you when you explain the book to them on how it is, like your writing style, I dig your writing style because it's like it's like this conversation we're having right now. So it just kind of yeah. just flows. Yeah, but like that's the thing, you know. That's it's it's they got to get the book to to know that. So it's like I got motherfuckers that fuck with me, like fuck with me tough, and they still they still ain't bought that book. You know yeah. What I mean? like, <laughs> hey, hey, the ill logic bought that book. We're gonna put it out there. We got we got both. We yes, got both. Yes, we did. Well, I appreciate that, man. I, I appreciate y'all grabbing the books and actually kind of being prepped on the interview. Be, you'd be surprised how many. Like I sit down and do an interview with some cats, and they don't they not prepped at all. So. Thank you. Oh no, Thank no worries. That. No, I actually got like, man, I got mad questions about like, about your like your parents and stuff because your your upbringing was cr- mad crazy, and stuff. Yeah. How, how your parents were? Well, as I heard you kind of put it, they were pretty much kind of hippies, right? And they, yeah, they were they, hippies. Yeah, they, my dad was like anti-government hippie, and my mom was like the no nukes hippie. Yeah. Uh, and they were both yeah. into the free love, right? Well, yeah, that, yeah, that was free love. Be- you know, ish. So that was that was going on around me. So they would, they, they, they my mom, my mom was, you know, mm-hmm. being the mother. She was the main caretaker of us. She would take me and my sister around and mm-hmm. cheat on my old man. And my old man was cheating too. He was, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't shitting either. But mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't see that because mm-hmm. we weren't with him as much and. uh I don't know. I think it fucked with me and my sister, man. Like mm-hmm. it just, uh, it just, it just, it did a number on us, and 
it's something that we're still dealing with to this day. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Like, my parents loved, they loved us very much, man. Mm -hmm. Like, for all their flaws, I never, I never questioned was I loved, you know what I mean? And yeah. that means an awful lot. And the other thing is, look, man, they're artists. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think part of the reason why I'm able to write a book like this is because I, I come from a family of artists. And it's in my blood, so I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my to my family for the gifts that I have. And you go into more detail about that in the first book, right? In hyena and stuff, you talk about that stuff. Yeah, I wanted to really kind of that one was kind of processing a breakup, and uh -huh. I was trying to show in stories how uh, I learned how to deal with the opposite sex and how a lot of people in my neighborhood. It was it was very predatory the way we dealt with one another. Uh, there, there wasn't a lot of dads in the neighborhood. The dads that were there were drug addicts or drunks, and it created this created this toxic environment of like just cats trying to like chicks trying to get over on dudes and dudes trying to get over on girls and who could get the most and who could fuck you over the most wins. And it was. Uh, and it was it was hard to respect women when you look at you look at the women that you love in your life doing dumb things for men and you're like wow dude like why like my own mom is playing herself mm -hmm. why would somebody else why why would I my own mom I can't respect mm -hmm. her why would I respect another girl you know yeah. that I'm not even related to fuck them yeah. and you would see that and I wanted to explain that kind of that psychology in some of the stories. Mm -hmm. And then, and I think I was able to do it. You know, I don't spell it out, but it's there, you know, it's there. No, you definitely paint the picture of that book. You do. Do yeah. you think, I'm sorry, do you think like you being a, a parent now, how, you know, some parents, you know, put that same drama on their kids and some parents say, I don't want to do that to my kids the way I was raised. Which way did you go? Well, I didn't raise my kids, so she didn't have to worry about that from me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I wasn't much of a father. Uh, I didn't get a lot of support, and it was. Uh, I felt a lot. A lot of times, I felt like a, sper a sperm donor. I didn't really get. I didn't really have much of a say in my child's life, and then that kind of f further pushed me away from her. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're dealing with that now. You know, to this day, it's something that you know, that affects our relationship. So, because uh, I know it's you, hard, it's hard to say, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to comment on that one. I wasn't around enough to, to, to affect her in that way. And I think that affected her in itself, me not being around, you know? Yeah. Cause I know you speak about her, um, in, in the hummingbird. I know, I know, uh, yeah. Y'all, are y'all y'all good now? Like, what's y'all relationship like today? Uh, yeah, we're working on it. You know, it was a, like that was a that, you know, the, the, we was going through hard times. Like, you don't you don't raise your kid like, fuck shit up. And like, ultimately, she got to grow up and uh, she got to grow up upper middle class, but she sacrificed having a relationship with her with her parents. You know, like and that's got to. That can't. That's got to be hard on a child. So, mm -hmm. she got certain things and she lacks other things. 
It was almost the exact opposite. Like I grew up broke, but I had my parents. She grew up better off, but she didn't have her parents. So like, which what is worse? Who knows? Um, but you know, she's doing well. She's gonna she's gonna graduate college this year. Good, good. That's good to hear. And uh, she's she's fucking she's she's smart. It's kind of cool. It's, it's kind of cool to see like your kid doing all right. Like so. But I can't take credit for that. You know, that's her grandparents. They did that. Okay. What? Uh, why? Why the name Hummingbird and why the name Hyena? Hyena is like you're laughing through the grisliness of life, like the same way hyenas are laughing while they're disemboweling the animal, and they're misunderstood. And I, I, I often feel misunderstood. They're looked down upon, but they're actually quite intelligent hunters, and they do pretty well for their size out there, out there in Africa. And then hummingbird is like they're like this magical creature, and it's uh like a symbol of joy, but they're frenetic and they work very hard to stay in the same place, and I often feel that way myself. And I uh, and that's also kind of like, you know, we died, we deal with depression in my in my household and in, in my family. Um, a lot of people do, and it's like you know. You got to work hard just to float, just to maintain. You got to work hard just to stay in that one same spot. Mm. And that's kind of what I, I think about when I think about hummingbirds beyond just the, the the beauty and the magic of them, the actual the work that it takes for that magic. So do you feel like you're a hummingbird now? Uh, Yeah, I, I relate to both animals. Okay. Shit. Depending on which animals. day? Depending on the day? I can be a, no. I mean, I can be a hyena and a hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> a couple hours later. Yep. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jude. Yeah. I know yeah. you. I know you. Um, I know you talk about uh, ketamine. Is that is that your 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 pill of choice? Yeah, it was like it came about because it was like one of the few drugs. Like I I, I was on Vike for a while, but I. I show up to work all grumpy the next day coming down, you know, like coming off of it. So I'd be super argumentative and that didn't really work. Like if you listen to my earlier shows, I was way more combative and I was always fighting with motherfuckers. And like, <laughs> like with Mayweather? Think, yeah, I was coming off of, yeah, I was, yeah. I, was, I, was I was coming down off of Viking that, that, that day. That I day? was like, yeah. That was, that so, was a funny ass show, man. Hey, that's, that's a classic. That was, that's, that's a classic. It, it was a classic, but what y'all, what cats don't realize is that show sucked until he called. Like that, I was just dragging ass. Yeah. Like, super fucking grumpy. You, you was waiting for something. And I was like, great. I don't want to have to talk to him. I got some monster energy drink and just started arguing. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, yeah, well, I, like I, it was just drinking didn't work for me. Weed doesn't work for me. I don't like being sober. So ketamine just. Ketamine seemed to work, but like the problem is, is like you just, you know, you build a tolerance and then you start doing more and more until like next thing you know, like the habit that I had when I wrote Hummingbird, I shouldn't have been able to write Hummingbird. You know what I mean? Like the the amount of ketamine I was on was uh was kind of a ridiculous amount <laughs> that Holy I was shit. doing. Yeah, and I you know. I was really fucked up during that book. Like it was, I wrote it real time, so all the current stories was written real time. And then, um, 
So I shouldn't have been able to, and especially back to back to back, you know, back to back, you know, I'm doing a gram a day back to back mm -hmm. as I'm writing that shit. It's cute. It, 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 it adds up on you and it gets to you after a while. So do you feel like, uh, you probably have another book in you, I'm sure. So do you feel like, do you have to get high again like that to write the other book? Is it like, you know how rock and roll people feel like, oh, I was, I was doing H, you know, when I wrote that song, so right. I gotta keep doing it. So is it like that or? It's is it weird, just... man. It's, it's like ketamine actually, they use it to treat depression and shit. So like, mm -hmm. I actually, when I'm on that shit, I do feel like motivated. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Right now, I'm not thinking about writing another book. I'm thinking about selling this book. I'll, I'll probably be selling this book for the next two years, um, mm -hmm. and then, then I'll, I'll get back into writing again. You know, it's a, uh, that's that. I, I don't know how to sell and how to write at the same time. I could do one or the other, but doing them both at the same time is just working two different parts of my brain, mm -hmm. and it, it's a little, it's too, it's just too much for me. But right now it's selling. Like I've been, I've been, I'm going from town to town every weekend doing these book signings, fucking posting all the time. Like it's a grind. It's like if you want to make art, it's one thing, but then selling art is a whole nother deal. It, that's that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, how has the the book tour been? I know I seen uh, you were just in Dallas uh, this past weekend. And I know you were heading to Portland um, this Saturday. So how's that coming out? And I guess I think it has a lot to do with like the the show's bigger than it was. The show's actually bigger than it was when Hyena came out. Mm. Like due to I don't know if it got better. Uh, more people are driving used cars, so you you have a, a broader audience. Like I don't know what the fuck it is, but like the show's bigger, therefore more people are showing up, and like I'm getting I'm getting really big signings. What's what's been your uh your your favorite city as far as like you know doing the book tour on this book tour so far? Man, just like every city's really come out. Like New York has New York didn't come out, so like fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the shout out to the New York cats that did drive out and come mm -hmm. out and see me. Like I fuck with y'all, but like New York was disappointing. And then you got you got cities. You know, I did Bakersfield. Like Bakersfield came out, motherfucking. Uh, goddamn, Colorado, like no, like Colorado was out, like couldn't even get in that bitch. Oh damn! Um, nice. Dallas really showed up. Every, you know, like Atlanta, another one. Like they just showed up. Like these cats, they cats, cats fuck with me, man, and mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. And I know a lot of these cats are not even buying the book; they're just buying me. Mm -hmm. But. Just know, like I, I stand by that book. Like I put that book up against any other book of that in that genre, and like of any time. And like that's what I think of my book. My book's just as good as any of these writers' books. I just happen to do radio too. You, uh, do you still uh, keep in contact with Emily and Julie? Um, no, mm. I don't talk to none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that speaks volumes about me. Like none of the fucking women that I love in my life want to talk to me. So there you go. Uh -huh. and, and then um, we wanted to uh, ask you, you know, as far as how was it like meeting um, Eminem for the first time? How was that experience like? It was it was crazy. Um, let me think. I'm trying to think about this. Right? Yeah, this was like shit. Oh. 
maybe oh one some shit like that two thousand mm. maybe it was two thousand um my home girl and I were both working at a at a restaurant and uh we were cooks in the back and there were Eminem just dropped my name is and he was playing at a rave and she was like hey man you want to hit this rave after work so we busted ass to to get done because we were closing mm. and we rolled down to Detroit just in our work clothes um like you know i'm stinking like fucking onions and biscuits <laughs> so you're, you're in your cooking wear yeah we was in our work clothes we rolled right up in that bitch in our work clothes i think she had the check pants and everything mm-hmm. and um the line was the line was around the corner down the street it was in the hood somewhere and the the promoter saw me and he was like rude jude and i was like yeah whatever because i was doing jenny jones still i just wasn't getting paid that's why i had to work the I had to work the kitchen job mm-hmm. and he, he was like, come, come on me. And he just brought me straight on stage and had me introduce Eminem while, while like, while I'm in my kitchen, cooking clothes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <And I> was, <laughs> were you, were you know. like starstruck? Yeah. I fucked with him. It was crazy. Like before M came out, like I was real, I was, I was real like fucking suspicious of white rappers. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm the only real white motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I I heard his shit, and it was like I went from like being like I don't know to like a a believer. I was like, this is my guy. This dude is the shit. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing just the way he rhymed. Like nobody was rhyming. Nobody was hitting rhyme patterns like him. Like mm-hmm. just nobody had his rhyme patterns were so ridiculous, and the shit, and he was so self deprecating, and mm-hmm. he just he just was like this perfect combination of shit nobody was doing and people take that for granted now because it's 20 years later mm-hmm. you know damn near 20 years later and a bunch of motherfuckers have bit, bit off of him and shit you know mm-hmm. like there's there's no odd future if there's without Eminem you know what I mean like there's 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 not half these motherfucking rappers out there's just they, they they're not there if it wasn't for M. Is is Same M your favorite Rocky rapper? Paved the way for for motherfuckers. Is but, M your uh, favorite rapper? He's one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like M M fake. I like. I I really like. Uh, I always talk about this on on my show. Like I'm a fucking huge fan of Eminem, Tupac, Scarface. Oh, Scarface. Very. He. I. I don't think Scarface gets the respect that he deserves. Underrated. Yeah, I remember he came on a couple weeks, not too long ago, right? And I. I remember you was uh yeah. really excited on on there that he came on. So that's yeah, man. I, I love Face. Yeah. That, yeah, he's just like Face. You know. You cleaning windows, man. Yup, I sure am. <laughs> you hear that? You do cleaning windows, man. You always got. He your do it all. <laughs> I thought you was on 87th Street in Chicago. I was like, this shit look like a fucking murder scene. (laughs) (laughs) Like you stopped out south, south side of Chicago, straight washing your windows for you. Yeah, man. Hey, hey, what's kind of cool, man, about your story is, you know, black people always, you know, we always think we going through it. So when I hear your story, I think like, hey, this ain't much different than what a lot of brothers go through. Even when you was talking about, you know, you know, white rappers going at each other. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, if you was a white rapper, you had to diss the next white rapper. So right. like, like that's, you know, inspirational stories come from anybody that's been through it. So Yeah, like and like, look, man, like this is, uh, like I'm not, uh, yo, man, like 
I'm not here to say that broke black motherfuckers don't have it awful because they do, you know. Um, uh, but like, yo, I grew up in a broke ass neighborhood. We was all we was we was all poor. Actually, I was like the crazy shit was like we we was one of the poorest families. You know what I mean? Like we was broker than half the motherfuckers in in that neighborhood. Uh, and. It was just like once you get past a certain level of poverty, like you just, you know, there's this fucking hopelessness of poverty mm-hmm. that that we had. Like when you don't even know if you're if you're if you'll if your car is gonna make it there, or if you're gonna, or, or you know, you don't have a car because that bitch broke down, and then you gotta. I just remember my life would just be us. It'd be us like picking up a car for like uh, some bucket for like a hundred dollars and driving that bitch for a month until it dies and then you stuck on the side of the road somewhere. Like we was always stuck on the side of the road. And we always had a, a different bucket and they never. That shit. And I remember, I remember once I finally got invited to like the popular kids party because I went to I went to a rich school. Mm-hmm. We, we we used my dad's address. Um. And uh, that's what black people we do got too. pulled over by the police because <laughs> yeah. the car was so junky, and they they was like it was like right before I was get turning into the subdivision, and like the cop was like harassed us and told us we couldn't bring the car back in the city again, and if he saw us in the city again, he'd arrest us. Oh shit! And it just it just felt like shit, you know. It's like damn man, you finally think that you like. You know, like, damn, you finally think that you belong, and then you get this reminder, like, no, you're not like them. Yeah, that's life, man. That's life, always get reminding you. That's fucked up. You yeah, get yeah, it's like, and that's why I work so hard, because I have this fucking insecurity about being mm-hmm. poor. I don't, I don't like, I, I hated that feeling. I hated that, the feeling of, like, not knowing mm-hmm. if I was going to make it to where I wanted to go, or if I was going to have food in the fridge or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that feeling, so I worked real hard to not have that feeling. I understand that completely. Hey, 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 Jude, yeah. man, you you got uh you got one of the best things. Like my my, my favorite thing is is Wednesday on, on Instagram because you got white people Wednesday. How'd you come yeah. up with that concept? I I just think I was, that's hilarious, man. That that shit kills me every time I jump on. I kept getting I kept I was like with T Mobile or some shit, and I kept having problems. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. I kept getting black ladies answering the phone, and they was not being helpful at all. And they had attitudes and shit, so I just would hang up on them. <laughs> <laughs> and like some old white lady from like she sounded like an old white gr- grandma from down south was like, "What's your problem, honey?" And she, uh, bro, she fixed my problem in uh, less than a minute flat. So I, I, I got on fucking, I got on goddamn Facebook because this was Facebook was popping, uh-huh. and I was like. Man, white people are the best at fucking customer service. And man, people got so upset with me for saying white people were the best. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn, man. Like, all right. I was like, damn, they fucking pissed off about that shit. I was like, well, what if I say something negative about white people? See how they take that. And I was like, white people are the best at slavery. Oh, they ain't like that shit neither. <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck it. And then I just started saying stereotypes about white people. And it happened, it happened to be on a Wednesday. So I was like, ah, oh, it's White People Wednesday. Uh-huh. And it just took off. People just thought it was so funny. It was like, you need to buy a pup tent? Holler at a white person. That, that, that. <laughs> you know, it was just like, it, the shit just fucking blew up. 
And then I was I, I did it on the air. I used to do it on the air where people would call up and ask me questions about white people. And I would say, you know, I'd say these fucked up, you know, funny, like racialized, like racially fucking insensitive answers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that shit blew it up even more. I stopped doing it because after Ferguson, man, cats got so fucking just cats, cats, uh, the whole, the whole, the whole climate change as far as just cats was way more relaxed, um, back in the, before all of the police shootings got covered Mm -hmm. and, uh, because the police shootings are still there. If you look at the, look, go look at the stats. Like Mm -hmm. they shoot, they, there was like, I was always like, no shit. Yeah. Cops fuck you up. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cops, that's what they do. They fuck you up. Every poor so person started, knows that. And it was just uh, yeah. when they started covering, finally, you know, middle class and rich people were like, what the hell? What's going on? But that yeah, shit's been like, going I on can't forever. Believe this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You think about it. Like, go look at statistics and look at, you know, and like, mm-hmm. it's like this, the news shows you what they want. The news is their main job is to sell motherfucking ad space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they know what the fuck hits and what doesn't hit. So after, after that shit happened, um, I just stopped. I, I stopped doing it on the air, man. People was just so like, like they, like racial jokes just fucking pissed them off. So I was like, this ain't. It's not even worth it. I'm, I'm not getting paid extra for this. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't want to be arguing with motherfuckers on Twitter about shit all the fucking time. Then they want to ban and you. I yeah. Just, I stopped doing it. I just stopped doing it. I, so now I just post pictures and mm-hmm. people like. But yeah, that it used to be a real funny bit that I do on I do on the air back in the day. Yeah, this is it's, it's hilarious. We just like we just we just blaze everybody, you know what I mean? Like we just use it as a platform to just roast motherfuckers. But like, yeah, because you, I think y'all, I think y'all do a really good job as far as um on your uh, all, all out show with the uh, black, white, or other. Like I, I think that's funny. You know, you see how many people stereotype. Yeah, man, and it's just equal opportunity, man. Like it's just like, fucking like, yo, dude, it's just jokes and it's equal opportunity jokes, and anybody can fucking get it, and that's what makes it funny. Like, that's like that's that is me looking at everybody equally. You know, like that is a true sign of my respect. The fact that I will roast fucking anybody and uh, not take it easy on a motherfucker because I, I think I'm better or different than them we are we are all, we are all like we all can get it, anybody right? can get it anybody mm-hmm. can get it and that's how we I, and i grew up like that like i grew up where it was just like the the reason why i did so well on jenny jones is because i grew up like with black kids and we blazed on each other and <laughs> you better believe that my whiteness came into came into play and i would bring up there black i would crack black jokes on them and they would crack white jokes on me and it was all fucking love it was like because we was we was sitting there broke together you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we was all we was you know it, you know maybe like dude what happened to your ass it looked like someone you know you fucking I'm always making fun of how pointy my nose was and shit now <laughs> dark my boy aunt was you know what i mean like it was just it was like it was just jokes, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the shit that makes jokes. you stronger, though, when you're growing up like that. Because, like, that's uh, how I grew up. And even, like, with my parents, like, my dad, since I was a little kid, used to call me Mamao, which is Puerto Rican for cocksucker. 
And I was a little kid. My dad be like, "Mama, hey, Mama, get over here." <laughs> I didn't know what that was. And then when I right. go to I go to Spanish class and stuff, and they're like, and I and I call one of my friends, Mama. They're like, "Hey, you can't be saying that shit." And I was like, "Oh, what the hell? I didn't know." You know, but it just makes you yeah, stronger, man. Yeah, yeah, and that's all it is. It's like your old man was hiring you up. Like that's mm-hmm. all. That's all. It, and that was it. It was like, yo, when I, I I did Jenny Jones, like. The audience ain't had shit on my friends. Like when they tried to blaze me, like they didn't have shit on my buddies. My buddies, like I wasn't even the funniest one in the. Like, in, like don't let you know, don't let you hop in your feelings. Now everybody's gonna get on your ass and just fucking kill you and roast you for days. So like, but when I got to fucking Jenny Jones, like all of the, just the years of fucking of training, just, yeah, years <laughs> of training, just. Made me ready for it, and I was a white boy that could do it. It was uh-huh. like, oh shit, oh damn, like it was, that, that made it extra special because it's like cats like to you see that, and then you start saying like, hey damn, I guess we ain't that different, you know what I mean? Like cats ain't that different. People like to people like to feel connected like that. So mm-hmm. it was like, I like I I went out there. I remember it was me and my homegirl, and we had made it up, and it was she was a black chick, so like the audience that was extra ready to go in on me. And it was just all like West Side and South Side cats getting up trying to <laughs> trying to blaze me, and I was I was roasting them. They wasn't even ready for it. Like, God damn, who is this white boy? Man? And that's all. And I've always used that. Like I've never shied away. I've never apologized for being white, man. Like and I and and you you'll see. Like if you listen to my show, like it's. I open up with fucking rock music because that's what I grew up around in my parents' house. You know, like I never, I never apologize. I don't think never apologize for who you are, or what you are, and and you just be yourself. And, and like, cause can't nobody, can't ain't nobody can't nobody be you better than you. Like, you just do you. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jude. Uh, who's the uh, like the the person you enjoy interviewing the most and the person that you enjoy interviewing the least? Um, I can't say the person I enjoy the least <laughs> because he's connected to people that could have me fired. Oh, sure. Um, okay, okay. I'll delete so, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, let's see. Um, Who would I like the most? Uh, there's certain motherfuckers that are just easy, like, you know, John Sally or Michael Rappaport or Problem or or Paige Kennedy that'll just come in and bullshit with me and talk shit. My homegirl, Andrea. Um, but as far as I remember, it was early on, I got to interview Burt Bacharach, who was a songwriter. Oh, yeah. He used to write for Dionne uh-huh. Warwick and uh-huh. shit. Right, right. And a lot of his songs were covered by soul artists. And then those soul artists were then sampled by rappers. So we were playing his songs that were uh, that he wrote that were sampled by rappers and kind of getting his getting his feedback on it. And I just thought that was that was a really that was a cool interview. Ron Isley was another dope interview. All these interviews are lost because we're not fucking organized. But like, yeah, those, are, <laughs> those are those are interviews that I really like. That I really. I really cherished. It was really cool. Uh, George Clinton was another dope one. He w- he would go and smoke crack in between during during the music uh, during the music breaks. He go blow. He would go smoke crack in the goddamn in in the bathroom and come out just hyped as hell, <laughs> asking questions like a motherfucker. 
What, what am I? You know, like, and that, that was his deal. You know, I'm not like shitting on him or nothing. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just who it was. He, yeah, yeah he, that's that was his, that was his drug of choice, man. He made it this far doing that. So yeah. ugly. It's funny you said yeah, that. Jordan, so it's if you listen to us, it's all old school motherfuckers that like. Mm-hmm. I just like I like them cats, man. It's it's funny you say that because one of my guys was a you know everybody was a rapper, but one of my guys was a rapper and uh, he go in the studio. George Clinton is in there. Smoking crack, and it's like, yes. and I heard I'm like, wait, 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 who? It's like hey, George Clinton's in the studio, smoking crack while I'm in the studio. It's like, damn. So I yeah. got that P funk, man. Yeah, like, yeah, bro. I know, and he'd have stories. I'm like, he'd be like, yeah, I'd be fucking going off of acid and butt naked in a fucking butt naked in a in a bathtub with light bulbs. And, <laughs> and, and fucking Iggy Pop, and you're like, God damn, dog, like, you fucking, you're fucking the 70s were wild as fuck, bro. Hell yeah, shit. That, that was the wild, wild west back then, man. He's still I alive. Know, man, I would have loved living in them days. Ain't nobody, <laughs> can't nobody track you. Like, no damn, cameras and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no AIDS, fucking no cameras, just fucking, just get it in, go nuts. Living. Yeah, live free. Hey, hey, Jude! I know you. I know you gave us uh, the, your your three favorite rappers, but I know you said Tupac, uh, Scarface, and Eminem. But who's your top yeah. five? Who's your top five? Round it off. Uh, I really like E Forty a lot. Um, uh, let me think. Who else? Uh, I don't know. Rockem. Like, Rockem. And then, and then the the rapper I'm listening to the most that's out right now is. Uh, there's a PZ and Babyface Ray album that I've been playing a lot of. PZ's, PZ's from um, Detroit. Okay. And, and he's like, if you listen to him, a lot of cats will be like, he sounds like T Grizzly. Well, he was out before T Grizzly. T Grizzly just popped before he did. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just, you know, he just he's just a dope boy. You know, like he's mm-hmm. a dope boy. Um, I'm I'm fucking tired of all this politics and all this other shit. So like. It's kind of nice for me to just sit back and listen to somebody rap about the street bricks. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> just about like <laughs> flipping, flipping right. oxies and buying buying belts. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> back to a simpler time, right? Right. right. Yes. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Just an easy. Yeah. Yeah. When life I was easy, I have to listen to CNN every time I turn on somebody's ra- album. <laughs> yeah. Where did that? Anyway, so so, yeah, so so there it is. Hey. So uh, and now real. Real, real, real quick. One more, one more question. One more question. With the, uh, with the, with your, with your show, you do the, the what, what would you do? What, what, what would you say is your favorite segment between like that, uh, black, white, or other, uh, drunk, high or stupid? What, what would you say is your? I, I really like what would you do? I, I like talking to cats and just if I could do that a few times a week, I would. Um, that that's probably my favorite. Uh, and. Yeah, that's that's easily my favorite one. Hey, then, I was I'm shocked. I'm sh- I'm shocked that I, I, like you got a lot of people really be calling up for actual advice. Like, yeah, I know. They, it's, I'm a like, it kills me every time. They they really be calling up asking for for advice. Like, and, and some of this shit is just common sense, but. They 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 got to hear it from Jude first. They got to hear it from yeah, Jude. That's it. 
it's like <laughs> they, they know the answer. They know the answer to that question. Hey, uh, unfortunately, Rude Jude has some technical difficulty with his phone. Uh, he didn't have enough charge on it, and it dropped. So, but we really want to thank Ruju for coming on uh, the Illogic Podcast. This shit uh, was dope. Yes, it was, man. That dude was bananas, man. He has lived a crazy ass life. Y'all need to cop them books, Hyena and Hummingbird. They all right now. Yeah. Go ahead and make sure y'all cop that. Y'all support. Read, well, motherfuckers. Read. If he coming to your city, make sure y'all pull up to the book signing and you know just show love and, and check him out on Sirius XM. Shay Forty Five, the All Out Show. He on there doing his thing. So. We want to thank Jude again for coming on. Thank you. To the Illogic Podcast. And, you know, we got we got a couple more interviews in store. We still, you know, waiting some things to get cleared. But we got more people coming on. And uh, we just want to make sure we sh- we show love to Jude and thanks for coming on. So, And you know what I liked about Rude Jude, man? Is he's a shit talker just like us. He just, I like he it. Just, I know. Just, just, just imagine if we get on Syria, yeah, you know, and we doing the, the shit he doing. He Y'all just, know how much shit I'm going to talk if they start paying me? Yeah. <laughs> Woo. You know, no, you know how much shit I'm gonna start yeah. talking if they start paying me. I ain't gonna have no filter, yeah. bitch. <laughs> Yo, revoke, get at us. Complex, get at us. Yes, yes. Complex, you fired uh, Joe Budden. You need to get us. Uh, I think Joe Budden got it out. He quit to get that well, puppy he, he money. Let's go revoke, right? Yeah. Get that money. Yeah. So we want to we want to thank Jude and then. Yo, uh, revoke. We would have did it for ten thousand dollars less. Yeah. And, and thank y'all for tuning in to this uh, special edition of the Illogic Podcast. Uh, more episodes on the way. It's me, your boy, Styles, Puerto Rico. Esquire's in the building. Yeah, I ain't got to say his name, but we'll, we'll be back uh, same time, same place next week. <laughs>